In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today, friends, we proclaim the good news that God is at work in the midst of our isolation and fear. No matter how sordid your past or how scary your future, God meets us where we're at to offer us the blessed gift of rebirth and surrender, a new story and a new reliance upon his goodness. Friends, receive this blessed gift today. Receive it. We're going to be primarily in Genesis chapter 32 this morning, where we hear that Jacob was left alone. And there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of dawn. It's really hard to preach Old Testament in 10 verse chunks because the Old Testament was never meant to be preached in 10 verse chunks. It's a huge sweeping story. And the story is meant to be inhabited and proclaimed and brought to mind. Um, but also to just the way that the Hebrew imagination writes stories. For instance, Jacob is here at the Jabbok River wrestling with one who we come to find out is God. But, but the Hebrew is, uh, there's, there's all kinds of puns and, and alliterations and uh, rhetorical flourishes that the author is, is employing here. So th this is putting a little more Hebrew into it. Jacob was at the Yabak, Yabaking with God. Jacob is at the Yabak, Yabaking. Jacob's at the Jabak wrestling. Now, this fight between Jacob and who we're told is a man, later we come to find out is God. Uh, later in the prophets, it's named as an, uh, this, this entity is named as an angel. There's some ambiguity about the identity of this being. But the fight between Jacob and this man is a consummation of Jacob's life. Permit me to bring it to mind for us briefly. Genesis 25, Esau and Jacob violently struggled or pushed against each other in the womb. There was a wrestling in the womb of Rebekah, remember? And then Esau came first, but Jacob was grabbing his heel as he was born. In Genesis 25 later, Jacob wrestles, same word, by the way, this yabaking. Jacob wrestles the birthright of Esau away from him. Genesis 27, Jacob wrestles Esau's blessing from his father, Isaac, and then is sent away by his mom, Rebekah, who hatched this idea, by the way, because Esau wants to kill Jacob. Genesis 29, Laban, his uncle, and Jacob wrestle or contend for who, if, if Jacob gets to marry Rachel or not. Genesis 30, after Jacob has married Rachel and Leah, Rachel says, I've competed fiercely, or as one translation accurately puts it, I have wrestled mighty wrestlings with my sister, and now I've won. She says this after she gave birth to two sons, and Leah only had one son by Jacob. In Genesis 31, Jacob leaves Laban at night secretly to go back to his home 
land. So Laban pursues Jacob. And Genesis 32, we're told Esau is coming to meet Jacob with 400 men. And Jacob is terrified. Jacob's life, church, is one conflict after another, contending for birthrights, stealing blessings, bartering for brides. He has a conflict with his dad, and he deceives him. With his brother, he betrays him. With his mother, she sends him away. His wives, sisters are fighting for his affection. The father-in-law swindles him and then is swindled by him and is angry. And now his brother again is coming to meet him. Jacob is a man who's been hustling since the womb. Conning or being conned, exploiting, lying, tricking, hiding, running. And now the jig is up. 400 men are bearing down upon him. Esau finally gets his revenge 20 years, 20 years after he's left. It's happening. But today we proclaim the good news that God is at work in our isolation and fear. No matter how sordid your past or uncertain and scary your future, God meets us to where we're at today to offer us the blessed gift of rebirth and reliance, a new story and a new surrender. Will you receive this gift today? Jacob was left alone and there wrestled the man with him until the breaking of dawn, Yaqab at the Yabak, Yabaking with God. This is the first time in Genesis, since Genesis 2, that we're told a man is alone. These are the things we miss when we preach 10 verses. Hebrews don't miss this stuff. Words are important. Themes are important. Plots are important. Our, our reading from the New Testament today, the gospel reading of the breaking of bread and the feeding in the wilderness makes no sense without Israel's story. None. We're told twice that man is alone in Genesis. In Genesis 2, Adam was alone. He loses a rib. And he gains a curse. And we see that all hell breaks loose as one brother, Cain, kills another brother, Abel. In Genesis 32, we're told again that a man is alone. He loses his hip. And we'll get to that in a second. There's some ambiguity about the body part that God uh, means. But he gains a blessing. And all heaven breaks loose as a brother Esau is reconciled to his brother Jacob. There's an undoing of a curse here, friends. There's a human story that has often, when man is alone, has ended in fratricide. Now ends in reconciliation. This, this kind of storytelling is important. It's a pivotal moment here, a restart, not just for Jacob, but for all of God's people. This undoing and new beginning of how humans relate to God and humans relate to humans. So let's look at this together. God becomes human. I mean, this is something that happens again in the story later on. Amen. <laughs> God becomes man, divulges himself of almighty power and meets Jacob where he's at isolated, scared in the dark. 
at the precipice of his own demise. And in that place, the man, God, man, gives Jacob a wound and a name, a surrender, and a story. Let's look at the wounding. Genesis 32, verse 25. This wounding is, I want to suggest, a surrender for Jacob. It helps him rely on God. It's a new surrender that he hasn't had before. We're told he grabbed Jacob's thigh. This word thigh is, uh, I want to say, like a, a safe sanitized translation. Uh, the, the Hebrew word here means soft and fleshy part of the thigh, friends. Uh, let's see. How do I say this? Uh, there's a very good likelihood that God incapacitates Jacob by grabbing his genitals. It's just ambiguous enough to suggest it without us knowing for sure. If that is happening, if that is happening, there is a prophetic statement on how Jacob's progeny has been, has been uh, up to that point hitherto and how it is going to be going forward. But whether it's a thigh or a thigh, uh, the, the point is that there is a wounding. Jacob walks with a limp now. He's not running. He's limping. He's not hustling. He's hobbling. There's a hitch in his giddy-up, a limp in his gait. No more autonomy. He's been taught. Now he needs to rely on something other than himself to support himself, something to hold him up, something to keep him going, keep him from falling. The one who has never trusted anyone but has just used them to get what he wants now learns the blessedness of being wounded. No more autonomy. Jacob will now learn surrender and reliance. God becomes some kind of human here, divulges himself of all his authority and power to overwhelm and dominate and meets Jacob where he's at, isolated, scared, in the dark, regretting his past, uncertain of his future. And in that place, the man, God, man, gives Jacob a new wound teach him reliance and surrender. Friends, today, God is at work in your isolation and fear. No matter how sordid your past, it can't be more sordid than Jacob's. No matter how uncertain your future, God meets you where you're at today. He condescends. He divests himself of all his power to be with you and accommodate to you. He will even let you wrestle him into submission in order to teach you surrender. God meets us where we're at today to offer us a blessed gift of rebirth and reliance, a new story and a new surrender. Receive this blessed gift today. So there's a wounding, but there's also a renaming. There's a new story. There's a new birth hatched in this wrestling. Jacob, much like when he grabbed onto Esau's heel as he was born, won't let this man go until he receives a blessing. Once again, Jacob is 
extracting a blessing from an unwilling party. This is a part of his life, right? He hustled his dad for a blessing earlier. And it's and Isaac had failing eyesight, couldn't see him. And now we're at night and there's like not much sight here. There's so many themes and patterns. I can't go into them all. But Jacob, uh, the, the, the man who now we're seeing uh, may be God because he wants to leave before dawn. He doesn't want to be seen. He asks, what is your name? And Jacob gives his name. Friends, this is not an incidental part of the story, but this is a confession. Jacob tells his name. Jacob means the one who follows or the one who overreaches or supplants. Sometimes it's translated trickster, deceiver. So as Jacob gives his name, he is confessing who he is to God, owning his complicity in and culpability in the predicament he finds himself scared spitless about meeting with his brother. And he gets renamed Israel. The new name, friends, don't miss this. The new name is the blessing. It's a new birth. It's a new story. His name is tied to God's name now. Either one who wrestles with God or God rules. Again, there's enough ambiguity in the name to suggest both from deceiver to God rules or wrestles with God and humans. The new name means a new story has begun. The old is gone. The new has come. God is always condescending to meet us where we are. He's not looking to, uh, he's not looking to impress or overwhelm us with his uh, almighty power, but rather he condescends and accommodates to us. Sometimes at the Jabbok, sometimes in Nazareth. And he comes in our isolation, in our fear, in the dark, at the precipice of death and desperation and despair. And in that place, offers us a new birth, a new story, through the gift of surrender and trust, a wounding saves us from our autonomy. God is at work in your isolation and fear today, friends. No matter how sordid your past or scary your future, God meets us where we're at today in Christ to offer the blessed gift of rebirth and reliance, a new story and a new surrender. Will you receive this blessed gift today? Where do you need to learn surrender? Where is the temptation to autonomy, fixing, controlling, managing, hatching plans? Where's that a temptation for you today? What new way of trust is God inviting you into? I confess to you all that uh, I know how to be a pastor when uh, we're not in a global pandemic, but I don't know how to be a pastor when we're isolating and quarantining. This is really hard, having to reimagine and uh, revision how to be the church, how to be a pastor, how to care for people, and how to do all that with children who never leave my house. Speak, speaking of exhibiting.
I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. And the temptation, friends, is to hatch plans, uh, to put fur and look for blessings or to uh, swindle somebody or to, hide, or to hijack things, to lean into my own autonomy more and grab more control. But God is inviting me into surrender here, not knowing what I'm doing and confessing that. Being weak, being dependent, allowing God to lead me. Friends, where do you need a new story today? What new trajectory of hope and reconciliation and new birth and redemption and life and healing is he calling you to? Friends, your past can't be as sordid as Jacob's. There's nothing you've done that disqualifies you from the unconditional love and reconciliation offered to you today in Jesus Christ. Absolutely nothing. Nothing intimidates God. Nothing offends God. Nothing pushes God away from you. But he comes to you. Are you willing in the night, in the darkness, in the desperation and despair and fear, are you willing to grapple with God there? to bring God into that darkness, to receive the new story, the new name, as you confess whatever reality you bring into that darkness. God meets you. He asks you, what's your reality? And he offers you a new story through that confession. Friends, where do you need to receive this gift today? The God that Jacob meets at the Jebek, is the God we meet in Jesus Christ, the God who redeems our past and gives us dependence in an uncertain future, even in a time of pandemic and economic crises and uh, delayed elections and kids maybe going back to school, maybe not. In the cacophony of craziness, 400 people bearing down on us to, to bring retribution from a past that we regret, friends, today receive this good news. No matter how sordid your past or scary your future, God meets you where you're at today to offer you the blessed gift of rebirth and reliance, giving you a new story and a new surrender. Receive this blessed gift today in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.